Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. On today's episode, I am going to be sharing with you some new testimonies that the Lord has given me in the last, oh, few weeks, I would say. Two of them happened just recently in the last, like, 48 hours. But one of them happened, yeah, I think two weeks ago. And so I'm excited to share with you. I'm excited to be back and just be able to invite you into my space and 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 invite you into my relationship with the Lord, my walk with the Lord, and just what he's been doing lately in my life. And so this testim- these testimonies that I'm going to share, there's three of them, but they all have one common thing about them all, and that is, obedience just the power of obeying our father's voice and you know obedience sometimes is really hard because we know what father's speaking we know what he's telling us to do but maybe we're hesitant or maybe we delay or maybe we just straight up ignore talk ourselves out of it i don't know if i heard the lord i don't know if it was him Maybe it was him. I'm too scared. You can't use me. I'm not ready. I'm not equipped. I'm not worthy. We come up with all of these reasons why we didn't hear Father, or if we did, how we couldn't possibly do what he's calling us to do. And so I hope that these these stories, these testimonies will encourage you in your walk with the Lord to just obey him. Obey him without hesitation. And so the first testimony really lays the the background for the other two testimonies. I feel kind of like piggyback on it. And so my in-laws, I had the pleasure of hosting my in-laws recently. They are from Montana, the great state of Montana, in a little town called Savage of about 300 people. Yes, I said that correctly, 300 people in the town of Savage. They have four churches, one post office, and one gas station. Yes. That is what I said. I lived there for three years, and it was one of the most challenging times in my walk with the Lord because I had came from a city of a million with Starbucks and Target and shopping and this boutique and that thing to do and, right, all the things, and then God moved me to Montana. But it was a great time in my walk with the Lord because he really stripped away things that had tainted my walk with him, that had diluted the way I heard his voice and and things, so... When I talk about Montana, I I think about that season of life in my walk with the Lord. And it was hard, but it was special. So my in-laws, they're in town. And they're from Montana. And we are just enjoying them. We see them once a year. And so it's a very precious time that we do not take for granted. And we decided that one night we were going to go out to eat instead of cook. And so me and my husband took them to one of our favorite restaurants here locally. If any of you know it, it is Cheddar's. We love Cheddar's, okay? And they just recently started serving croissants with, like, this butter and honey. It's incredible. 
Oh, cheddars. Okay, so we take our in-laws to cheddars, expose them, introduce them to cheddars, and we're sitting there. It's my in-laws, my husband, and my four kids. So we're at a pretty big table. We're in the back, and cheddars is pretty um, empty at the time. It's like after lunch, but early supper, and so we're just enjoying our time fellowshipping and um, talking, and dinner's wrapping up. We've been there now a little over an hour. And I am looking at all the food left on the table, and I'm like, man, we need we need to-go boxes. So uh, when the waitress came, it split my mind to ask her, and she had just walked away. And I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot to ask her for to-go boxes, to which my oldest son, who is naturally a leader and, a, a, oh, he's got such a sweet servant heart, he says, Mom, I can go get to-go boxes. And without thinking, I gave him permission to get up from the table to go get those. And so my seven-year-old son leaves the table, and within a minute or two, he's back. But he's back with a waitress that is not our waitress. She's got this smile just beaming. She's got this beautiful blonde hair. And in her hand are... In one hand is to-go boxes and bags, and in the other hand is some rolled-up dollar bills, to which my son, and she's got, like, my son's finger, like she was um, holding, like bringing him back to the table, and she said to the table, is this little guy yours? And we chuckled and said, yes, he is. And she said, well, I told him I'm going to give him a job. He just marched right in that kitchen and asked for some to-go boxes, and I thought, I gasped, like, oh, my goodness. My son just walked into the kitchen of Cheddar's where little boys are not supposed to go, and it wasn't that I was mortified. I was just kind of like, oh, my goodness, Benaya, I think you probably knew better, but maybe you didn't. And thinking, as a mom, I did not clarify, like, you don't go in the kitchen, in my mind, The way this scenario played out was he was going to get up. He was a few steps behind the waitress, to which he would say, excuse me, ma'am. She would turn around. He would ask for to-go boxes. He would come sit down, and then the waitress would come back, right? That is not how it played out. So now we have this new waitress at our table, and she's telling me that she wants to hire my son because he just walked in there and with authority and leadership politely asked for what he needed and came back. And so... She kind of teased him for a minute about working and, you know, I think we can put you to work. She kind of teased him about maybe you could do dishes and, you know, when you have a job, you get money. And so she says, let me show you what it's like to have a job. And she's like, who needs to go boxes? And he said, mom. And so she says, go bring it to your mother. And so he brings it to me and sets it in front of me. And then she says, do you need a bag? And he says, yes. And So they're having a little bit of an exchange where she's giving him orders and he's responding. When they're done, she's like, you're hired. I'm going to tell your mom to bring you back on Monday and um, you can work again. And, you know, he's being very shy at this point. His cheeks are flushed red. And she unrolls a $1 bill and she hands it to him. And she says, when you work, you get a wage. And she says, I want to give you this for, for doing your job well. And, of course, my son gladly took the $1 bill. By this time, my other two sons are now standing side-by-side Benaya, eagerly hoping that they are getting a dollar bill, too, to which this kind lady unrolls a dollar bill, hands it to Samuel, unrolls a dollar bill, hands it to Zeth. 
and she again commends my oldest son Benaya for following instructions and just that he would be a good worker. And um, we talked. We have a little bit of an exchange with the with the waitress, and we just thank her for her money and you know blessing my kids and you know have a good day and off she goes. And we you know we sit there and we're just kind of like in awe. But this waitress came up, and she literally gave my three sons a dollar bill. Now, some of you are listening to me, and you're thinking, really, Tiffany, it's a dollar. Like, it's a dollar bill. But I have to ask you this question, and it's a question I asked myself as the night went on. Who does that? Who? Now, listen, you know, our nation, it's no surprise that we are not in exactly an ideal state at the moment inflation, price things of the the prices of things is up, gas is high, right? It's just everything has changed. And and so to give away three dollars, which I was a waitress for a few years, I know that sometimes that's all I made off of a table. Sometimes it was even less than that. A three dollar table was like a good table for me. And so to know that Possibly that was a table that she had worked hard serving. She gave away to my sons. And the Lord began to speak to me over the course of the next few hours that that was the favor of God on my child's life, um, that he was given money by a stranger. And so I began to thank the Lord for the favor because, see, favor, we can have favor with man and with God, but it's God who gives us the favor with man and with himself and so it's a neat thing when you can begin to recognize the favor of God that's on your life and maybe you're listening right now and you're like I don't even know what that looks like what does it look like to have favor the favor of God on my life it's it's open doors that maybe are unusual it's a it's a it's a supernatural grace in a situation it's it's having influence um, a, a high influence with with people around you. Um, it's it's it looks like what happened to my son, a stranger giving him money, favor, and so I thank the Lord for that. And we got in the car, and me and my husband were just talking about the favor of God that's been placed on my kid's life, and we tried to explain it to our three sons. My oldest is seven, Samuel is five, Zeph is three. And we tried to explain to them, hey, look, this is the favor of God that a stranger would walk up to you and give you money. And her whole her whole thought, her whole talk in the money was that she wanted them to go buy a sucker. She knew that a dollar would buy a sucker. And for anybody who knows me knows my kids absolutely love suckers. So they were like just jacked that they were getting suckers. And so we explained to them like, Man, the favor of God on your lives, like this this is a gift from the Lord that a stranger would give you money and that you would be, be able to buy a piece of candy with it because God does want to bless his children. He He finds delight in giving good things. And so we're having this conversation with our kids as we're pulling up to the gas station where my husband's going to take my kids out and let them buy a sucker with their money. And as I'm sitting in the car with my daughter, Hadessa, we're sitting there, me and her, and she's just in the back doing her thing, yapping. She's 
I think I said this one. She's a year old. So she's just back there, you know, talking. And I'm just sitting there thinking, just going back over everything that took place. And the Holy Spirit begins to take me on a journey through the Bible. And immediately I think of Luke chapter 5. Now, in Luke chapter 5, that, that's, that's a very special chapter to me on so many levels. I won't get into it, but it's a special chapter in the Bible to me, and especially the story that the Lord brought back to my memory. And so, Holy Spirit says, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Now, the scene unfolding is this. We have Peter, who is in some financial trouble. He needs to pay taxes. He has been fishing all night all morning, and he has caught nothing. Now, you need to understand that Peter is a fisherman by trade. That's what he does. This is not just something he does on the weekends. This is not just something he does with his kids. This is something that, this is his livelihood. He knows the tricks. He knows the tips. He knows when the tides are in and when the tides are out. He knows where the hot spots are. He knows because this is what he does for a living. So here we have Peter toiling. I love with the New King James. The New King James Version says that he toils, which means he's like stressing out. Like he's done everything. He's just tired from trying to catch fish and has come up empty-handed. And then Jesus steps onto the scene. And Jesus from afar calls out to Peter, and he says, Peter, let your net down for a catch on the other side. One thing I love about this story is we see Peter having a, having a conversation with Jesus, and he's being real. He's not tiptoeing around their conversation or maybe how Jesus would feel. He's just very real and raw in the moment, and and. He's frustrated, and he's like, really? Really, you're asking me, you're telling me. I've been fishing all night. I'm a fisherman. Like, that's my livelihood. That's what I do. You're telling me right now to throw my net on the other side. And Peter says this, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. See, a beautiful thing about a relationship with the Lord is we can be real with him. Spoil alert. Psalm 139, he knows our thoughts before we even say it. I'm thinking something. He already knows what I'm thinking before I ask, before I talk to him. He can handle our frustration. He can handle your frustration. Whoever is listening and you're finding yourself in a very frustrated season, he can handle your frustration. He can handle your, your disappointment. He can handle your discouragement. He can handle your, your weariness. He can handle it. Be real with God like Peter was. But the next beautiful thing I love about Peter is he says, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. He submitted to the authority of Jesus. Nevertheless, at your word. So if you find yourself in a situation, be real with the Lord. But then respond like Peter responds. Nevertheless, at your word, God, I am going to do what you're asking me to do, even though it's hard. I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do, even though I don't want to. Even though I, I feel a certain way. You've called me to do it. I'm going to do it nevertheless at your word. So Peter lets down his net. We know what happens next. His net fills with fish, and he starts dumping them in the boat. And the Bible says this, that the other fish.
next to him, he began to call out and motion, hey, come over here, bring your boats up close. And the Bible says that he filled their boats with fish too. So listen to me. The Holy Spirit began to show me the power of obedience. And he used my son as an example, lining up with the word of God. So Benaiah, I asked Benaiah to do something. I asked him to go get to-go boxes. He could have complained and responded and told me no. He could have not responded at all and just sat there. But without hesitation, like Peter, nevertheless, at my word, Benaiah went and did what I asked him to do. And when he came back, what happened was not only was my son Benaiah blessed, but his brothers were blessed. And it's the same for the story in Luke chapter 5. Because Peter obeyed the voice of the Lord, not only was Peter's boat sinking with blessing, but everyone involved in his sphere of influence in that moment, the boats in the water, and his reach began, their boats began to sink with blessing. My sons were blessed because of Benaiah's obedience, because Benaiah said yes, and he did what he was told to do, and he came back. Benaiah was rewarded with money and money to buy a sucker, and so were his brothers. And so that was really encouraging to me, and I've just been sitting on the power of obeying the voice of our Father. See, in John 10, it says that Jesus is speaking, and he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they do not follow the voice of another. If you are a child of God and you're listening to my voice, you Hear your shepherd's voice, and you do not follow the voice of another. There are opportunities all throughout the day we have to obey the voice of our Father. And when we obey, it's not just us being affected by what the Lord's asking us to do, by obeying his word. But people around us can partake of the fruit, can partake of the blessing, can partake of the favor, of the grace, of the mercy that we are being extended through the Father. And so I've just been really encouraged by that, and, and that picture of like, it, it just made me want to obey my Father that much more, knowing that, okay, when I obey the Father, I know that I'm blessed because obedience is protection. When When the Lord asked me to do something, he sees the full picture. The Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's ahead of me. And when he calls me to do something, one, it's because he's a good father and he sees. But also, it's for protection. Also, it's for provision. It's it's for, he, he, he wants to reward also for, for us listening and, and obeying him. And loving on him, it's an act of worship when we obey Father. And I saw that through my son when he obeyed me. And then the woman came back. And then my other sons were blessed. And so I just want to encourage you, obey the voice of your Father. You are a sheep that hears. You hear him. You hear him. And so on to testimony two with the foundation or the understanding of obedience being the concept. My husband and I, um, we love giving. And we love to be extravagantly generous. And I use those words intentionally because when I think of something extravagant, it's, it's 
luxurious. It's it's beautiful. It's rich. Um, it's it almost that word. When I think of that word, I just I just want to be like, oh wow. Like it, it it creates a sense of wonder, and I like to be not me and my husband like to be extravagantly generous. One reason is because of the God we serve, guys. He's extravagantly generous. James one seventeen says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. That's our that's the God we serve. He's a gracious father. He's he's a father who who finds joy in giving us the best. Remember the story of the prodigal son and the other son that had never uh gotten off the path. He had done everything his father said. And he was upset that his father was throwing a party for the prodigal son and giving him a ring and a robe. And and the, the good son's like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Like, don't you see he's, like, been living in sin? He squandered his inheritance. And And Jesus says this. He says, all that I have is yours. That's an extravagantly generous father we serve. All that... God has is ours because we are his children. We are his responsibility. We are his that that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And the Bible says in Hebrews 2, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Do you understand that you were the joy? You were the joy set before Jesus that he endured the cross. He is an extravagantly generous giver. So me and my husband, we love to give, love, love, love to give. And tithing comes around, and and we're just excited. Like, God, where do you want us to give? Tithing, offering, alms, where do you want it to go? And Holy Spirit, oh, he's just such a trip. I love doing life with the Holy Spirit. I get up, and I'm doing my morning thing, got my coffee. Three of the four kids are still sleeping. And I sit down at my computer, and I just hear the words. The Lord gives me a name of a woman, and then he speaks to me about some people in her life that she gives to, that she helps support. And I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And the Holy Spirit told me, he says, they have a need, and I'm calling you and Travis to meet it. So immediately... I reached out to this woman. I said, tell me more about these people that you support. This woman supports two girls in Africa and their single mom. And um, so she told me a little bit of background and how they met these women and how it came to be. And it really has to do with her mom leaving a legacy and how her mom went over to Africa and met these women and got to serve with them. And her mom fell in love with them. And over the years has just sent funds over there to to feed them and to help house them and to give her daughter's education. And I said, okay, I said, you know, does this single mom and these daughters, do they have a need that needs to be met? Little did I know that one of the daughters, it was her 21st birthday that day, and the mom wanted to get a cake and have a little party for her. And also, the other sister is starting school back and needs needed a certain amount of money by 
April 26th, or she could not continue her education. And I knew immediately that the Lord was calling me and Travis to take care of all of these needs, to take care of the cake and the party, to take care of the schooling, to take care of the groceries that she needed and the cooking gas she needed. And so I responded to the woman, me and Travis want to meet this need. And so I went and I pulled money out of the bank and I met with this woman and I gave this woman the money. And uh, the woman re- responded to me later um, and she said, Tiffany, you just, you don't understand what the Lord has done. And at, in the moment I didn't. I was just obeying the voice of my father. Holy Spirit spoke to me. He gave me this woman's name and said, you need to find out who she supports. They have a need and I'm calling you to meet it. Do you understand that God in heaven wants to use you as a conduit of finances for the kingdom of God. He wants to use your money to further the kingdom, to bless the people around you, to sow seeds into people, and to show them the love of God through your generosity. Man, if you do not know that, hear me. God wants to use you and your finances to bless other people, to show them that he is a God who sees them. He knows their needs. You are a vessel that God can give through and bless through in the area of finances. And so this woman tells me later, she's like, Tiffany, I have been starting to feel a little bit anxious the last few days in knowing that April's coming and money has to be in by April 26th or this little girl cannot finish her education And me and my husband just don't have the finances, and I'm going to have to fundraise again. And sometimes fundraising money can be, it can be stressful. And so she said over the last few days, she had just been crying out to God, God, can this time just be easy? Can the the money that this family needs in Africa just be easy? Can Can it just come in without having to fundraise or without having to stress or without having to do X, Y, and Z to get it. God, can it just be easy? And with tears in her eyes and her voice, just I, I could just hear her, her voice, the gratitude and the, and the honest of God, that God answered her prayer, that the need was met. She's not going to have to fundraise for this family. And not that she doesn't want to. She will gladly do it because God has called her and her husband to help meet the needs of this family. But sometimes God will, you know, will use other people. And, um, and, and in this circumstance, he did. And so I felt like after I got off the phone with her, I was just thankful to God in just reaffirming me. I hear the voice of my father. I heard correctly, and I'm thankful that I responded without hesitation because not only was the family in Africa blessed, but my friend and her family were blessed, and she got to see, again, be reminded that God heard her prayers, and so I have just, I just love doing life with the Lord. I love when Holy Spirit just quietly reveals something. You know, the Bible says that we are to search it out. It's to the glory of kings to search a matter out. Matters are concealed, but it's the glory of kings to search them out. Do you know that we are called kings and priests on the earth right now? 
And we have been called to legislate kingdom business. We have been called, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All needs are met in heaven. And God will use us to meet the needs of people. And God will use people to meet our needs. Philippians 4.19 God is a rich God. He shall supply all of our needs according to his riches. So I just, again, want to encourage you. You hear the voice of your Father. And that leads me to my last testimony. Again, this happened recently. Um, man, doing life with the Lord. I know I've said it multiple times on this episode. Doing life with the Lord is absolutely incredible. It's such an honor and a privilege. It's fun. It's messy. It's hard. All the things. But it's so worth it. It's so worth doing life with the Lord. So my third testimony, um, again, I was yesterday, actually, I was um, sitting at my computer again, and um, I just heard the Lord say to sow a seed into a friend's podcast, and the Lord gave me an amount. And I'm like, okay, so I called my husband, and I said, I believe the Lord has called us to sow a seed into a podcast that's reaching, I think her podcast is reaching like 62 countries. It's it's an insane amount. And she is sharing the gospel through her podcast platform. She, I mean, all things to do with the kingdom of God, she is talking about and sharing. And so her podcast is a platform of evangelism. And I felt like the Lord told me this. So I'm sharing this with my husband. He gets 100% behind me. He's like, yes, go do it. Go sow the seed. So, again, go to the bank, get the cash out, load my four kids up. I make sure she's home. And I heard the Lord as I was driving over there. He said, this is my perfect timing. And I wasn't sure what that, I mean, I wasn't sure what that meant. Obviously, it's self-explanatory. God's timing is perfect. Isaiah 55, 9 through 11. His ways are not our ways, right? He, I, I always say this, God wears the perfect Rolex. Like, he has the Rolex. Like, he is the keeper of time. He's outside of time, and his timing is perfect. And so, the Lord tells me this is the perfect timing, and I'm like, okay, because I had tried to get it to her the day before, totally spaced it, was running around town with the kids, and I just never got to her. And I was kind of frazzled because I wanted to get the seed out of my hand, and it just didn't happen. And so the next morning, I was like, I need to get the seed out of my hand. My husband had agreed to it. I need to get it out of my hand. So she's home. Load my kids up. I'm on the way over there. Me and my kids are just acting goofy driving. We roll the windows down. We're just singing. and We get there, and I just really quickly, I walked up to her door. I had borrowed some dresses of hers for any women's conference that we had this past weekend, and I was returning those, and I handed her an envelope, to which in the envelope I had wrote, this is the seed my family is sowing into your podcast. So she would know what the money was for. I handed her the envelope, and she was like, what's this? And I just smiled and said, God bless you, sister. Love you. I turned around and walked off. Because I knew that the Lord, I I sensed that the Lord was going to minister to her in that moment, and I didn't need to explain it. And so I get back in my car, and literally within seconds, right, she's blowing my phone up. 
And I get home, and I'm reading the text messages, and then she sends a voice message, which if anybody knows me, voice messages are my jam with kids. I don't have time to text, but I have time to just record my voice. And so her voice message goes on to say that literally two hours before, now she gets sponsorships for her podcast so people can sew money into it or support it monthly. And so she had got a new sponsor, and they were going to sponsor um, $20 a month. And she had made a decision that she was going to take that, since it was a new seed, uh, a new sponsor, and she was going to give away the entire seed. She was going to take the money and give it away as her first fruits. She felt like the Lord was calling her to do that. And she said, Tiffany, when I, when the Lord showed me who the $20 was going to go to, I reached out to the woman. I asked how I could give a love offering, and I did it out of obedience and and out of out of wanting to worship the Lord. Thank you, God, for bringing someone new to support my podcast. And she said that she just a quick prayer to the Lord, God, I ask that you would multiply this seed. You would bring more sponsors in, and, and that I would see an harvest a harvest on this. Literally two hours later, I show up at her door with an envelope full of money, and I give it to her. And she says, Tiffany, literally two hours ago, I sowed my first fruits, and I asked the Lord for a return on this. And you show up with this amount of money. I mean, she was just undone at how the Lord multiplied her $20. And so, again, it was just, I felt like a sweet reminder of the Lord, Tiffany, you hear my voice, continue to obey, continue to obey. And so, I want to leave you with this. What is Father asking you to do right now? What is he asking you to do? For some of you, God's been asking you to do something for a long time, and you have talked yourself completely out of it. You have given every reason why you're not qualified, why you're not worthy, why God couldn't possibly use you. And I want to encourage you that today, listening to my voice in this episode, you stop. And you're going to make a choice to align yourself with the Word of God, the truth of God. You are worthy because of the blood that's been paid for you. You are worthy because of Christ in you. You are equipped because he's, Ephesians 2 says he's equipped you for good works. And you're going to do whatever God's asking you to do. And for some of you, you're like, no, God, I don't know. Holy Spirit hasn't told me to do anything. Like, um, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to that really. I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, God, is there something you want me to do? Is there a person you want me to sow a seed into by faith? Is there a person you want me to buy their groceries for? Or is there a person you want me to take out for coffee and just love on? Is there a person that you want me to pay their rent? You want me to keep their phone bill going? Is there a is there a family you want me to minister to and order them pizza? Or is there is there a couple that their marriage is just going through a tough spot and God's calling you to go and get a gift card to their favorite place and sow into their marriage. I believe in your marriage. Go and get away and have a dinner and enjoy one another. Ask the Lord, God, 
is there someone you want to use me in the area of finances to be a vessel for you to further the kingdom? And God's going to speak to you. And then my challenge is that you obey it. Obey it. Obey the voice of your Father. Remember, John 10, you hear the voice of your Father, and you do not follow the voice of another. Remember from my, my story about Benaiah and his obedience, not only was he blessed, but the people around him were blessed. Peter, in, in Luke chapter 5, because he obeyed the voice of Jesus, he was blessed, and the people around him were blessed. Listen, obey the voice of your father. You will be blessed, and the people around you will be blessed. So right now, I just want to pray. First of all, I want to share the gospel. If you're listening today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, today is your day. The Bible says in John that God sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, call in the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. It's by, it's by grace, through faith, that you have been saved. So all through scripture, it's, it's by faith that you're saved. Jesus came in the form of flesh. He walked this life sinless. He was crucified. His body was broke and beaten beyond recognition for your sickness, disease, and your sin. He was buried and he rose again on the third day and he's coming back for his bride he's coming back for his people to be reconciled to the father to spend eternity in heaven and so if that's you it's simple you call in the name of the lord father i realize i'm a sinner and i'm asking you jesus to come and take residence up in my heart lead me and guide me i believe that your blood was shed for me i believe that you died and you rose again you're coming back it's that simple. It's calling on the name of the Lord. And if you did that, I want to, you just made the best decision of your entire life. Your entire life. You just made the best decision. And I want to say welcome to the family. And then there's some of you I want to pray for that are struggling with obeying the voice of God. So, Father, I thank you. That you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. I declare that you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. You are the potter and we are the clay. I thank you that you are the gardener and our heart is the, is the soil, is the garden. And right now, God, I ask that you would uproot every lie from the enemy, every weed that has taken root in our heart. That is not of you. I ask that you would remove it right now, Jesus. Remove it. And, God, I ask that you would plant your truth into the soil of our heart. You are our gardener. And your word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we have been bought with the blood of Jesus, that we can do all things to you who gives us strength, and that those who diligently seek you, you are a rewarder to them. God, I thank you that you who begin a good work will be faithful to complete it. You have plans to prosper us. These are the truths of God's word, and I ask now, Holy Spirit, cause them to take root in the soil of our heart. God, and I pray for those that are, that are being challenged with just saying yes to you and whatever you're calling them to do, I pray for a boldness and a courage to come on them without hesitation to say yes. God, I ask for forgiveness where... We have not obeyed you when you have spoken. Forgive us, God. Make us men and women of you, children of you, Father, who obey without hesitation. 
God, I thank you that you are a God of second chances. I thank you, God, that you will speak to us again and you will give us opportunity again to obey you. And when that opportunity comes, I pray that your children would respond. And God, and I pray for those right now that are going to be asking you and seeking you for people that they can sow seed into. That God, that they want to be people. They want to be vessels for you, God, conduits of money for the kingdom of God to meet the needs of your people. You know, the Bible says, um, if there's anyone among you, do not withhold good from those among you, especially those of faith. So, God, if there's people right now that are asking you where they can sow seed, where they can be conduits of finances to further the kingdom, to, to be obedient to your voice, God, I pray that you would begin to reveal to them who they are. And then again, without hesitation, they'll obey that they'll give extravagantly generous, just like you, Father. That they could give with joy, knowing that they're hearing your voice, and, and you are using them to meet a need of your child. God, and I, I pray for those, lastly, Father, who who don't know if they hear your voice. They're struggling. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I hear vo- your voice, God. I don't I don't know is that you. Father, I pray that you would make it so clear that clear to them today that when you speak, they hear that you would bring confirmation into their life, just like you did for me. 3 times you confirmed that I hear your voice. God, confirm it to my brothers and sisters now who are in that place where they're like, I'm not sure I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm not sure he's speaking. I don't know if this is him. God, I pray that you would increase their discernment, turn up the volume of your voice in their ear, and may they obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, I am just thankful that I got to share my testimonies of what God has just recently been doing in the area of finances with giving and and sowing. And, um, I, I pray that it blessed you and that you are encouraged um, through the Word of God and, and through these testimonies. And and so that is going to wrap up today's episode, and it's just been a pleasure. So remember, you do what's possible, and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.